coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio in Woodstock, Georgia. This is Fearless Formula with Sharon Klein. Welcome to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X, where we talk about the ups and downs of the business world and offer words of wisdom for business success. I am your host, Sharon Klein, and today on the show, we have the founder and president and CEO of J. King Images, a headshot photography company that helps create just the right image for you to promote. Welcome, headshot and commercial photographer Jerry King to the Thank show. You. Thank welcome. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming into the show. It's funny. We have a lot of people that we know, um, but we've never been introduced. So like I'm talking about people that you've known for like 10 years, you know, and so we work in the same circles or we interact with the same circles, but we've never really been like introduced, I guess. True. And I was recommended to have you on the show by two different people. So I was like, that's it. I got to contact Jerry. So thank you for coming in. No problem. Obviously the check's cleared. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I'm slipping a 20 to whoever (laughs) recommended me to anyone. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about your business. You've been in business quite a while now. I've been in business for about eight years. Yeah. Technically nine, but I would call it eight. Yeah, and, and we were talking before the show how life has so many different twists and turns to it, and yours is no exception. Um, you were born in Mississippi and came over here to Georgia, and initially, it was funny, I, I always feel like such a stalker, but I try to get some information about who I'm having on the show. So initially, I did a little research and found out that you used to be in the Army. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you were in law enforcement. Was it the SWAT team you were on? I was on DeKalb County SWAT team for about 11 years. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and now you're a photographer. <laughs> like, yeah. Tell me how this happened. Um, as far as from being from Mississippi, let me preface it. Like I said earlier, I can read and write. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, how I got into photography was an impulse buy. I went to Best Buy in April of 2011, and I couldn't you know, convince the kid to sell me an iPad 2. And uh, back in the day, <laughs> got you. And um, as I was leaving, I saw the Canon rep, and she sold me a camera. You just, she just was like, "Hey, I've got this great equipment right here. You, you're interested." Yeah, she. That's what, exactly what she said, like a drug dealer. <laughs> but um, no, she sold me a camera. Money was burning a hole in my pocket, so I was going to leave the store with something. And uh, I left with the camera. Went to the Renaissance Festival that weekend. I will deny it to this day. But fell in love with it so much that I went back Monday, returned the camera, threw some more money at it, and got a professional-grade camera. Wow. So what was it about that weekend and taking photos that just moved you so? I just love taking pictures. So it was just, uh, I sucked. I was, you know, just <laughs> I just fell in love with it. So <laughs> Why do you say you sucked? Why? <laughs> I mean, if you saw the pictures I took, oh, no. it, was, it was horrible. Really? In fact, I joined a photography club shortly after, and uh, the president of the club told me, uh, you suck. You need to find a new hobby. Why? Why? What was it that you were, what, were you just taking a picture of like a leaf or something? Like I what just, makes a photo bad? Just everything about it, whatever I did. Composition wise, <laughs> composition wise, right. exposure, you name it. And, um, but two years later I was back giving that same photography club lighting classes. Well, how did that feel? Felt really good. Yeah, I bet it did. (laughs) So when you joined this photography club and you started to really understand some of the mechanics behind why something is a great photo, what did, what were some of the things that you learned? Well, I really didn't learn anything from the photography club. Okay. Um, 
in fact, it kind of discouraged me from joining photography clubs because it seemed like everyone had an opinion and everyone, you know, for an art that's supposed to be so subjective, everyone was trying to tell you how it needed to be done. Interesting. And I just couldn't get with that. So I got all my education outside of the club. So where did you go for your education then? YouTube University. <laughs> That's where I go to fix things in my house. <laughs> so you uh, were able to watch some videos and really kind of understand um, different ways to look through your lens and what to look for that makes a good photo. And so did it just come naturally to you then to start seeing things differently? I don't think it came naturally to me. I just kept, I was like a parrot. I kept seeing other photographers and kept trying to replicate what they did, but I failed miserably and kept doing it. And I think that developed into my own style. Interesting. So I don't know a lot about photography and I didn't, Neither I mean, do I. I, <laughs> yeah, but you have your business. Okay. <laughs> but like, I guess I'm thinking of famous photographers that like, uh, Oh my goodness, I can't think of her name, but she did the one with Miley Cyrus and it got all kinds of, uh, Annie Leibovitz. Yes. I knew it was Anne something. Okay. Annie Leibovitz. So she has a certain style. Yes. So, right. And so and like Andy Warhol. Right. He had a certain style. So I'm thinking of different people that must have had, um, you know, they they have their calling card, so to speak. Like if you yes. see a photo, you may know who they are. Yes. Do you feel like you do as well? Something identifiable for you? I don't. Oh. I, I, I really don't. But people tell me they can see it. So what do they say? They what? say I just have a very distinct look and they can recognize it from. But you, away. do you not know what that look is then? No, I think the fact that I supposed to wear glasses and I don't wear glasses when I shoot or edit oh, has no something way. to do with it. <laughs> wait, wait, okay, hang on. So, <laughs> just give me a second. So you're a photographer, but you don't wear, so do you focus with your lens? I focus with the lens, the diopter and the lens, but oh, I diopter. just, uh, yeah, the diopter. I feel funny with another piece of glass in between me and the camera or oh. in between me and the screen I'm editing on. Oh. So I feel like I'm actually not seeing it. Interesting. So I figured if my vision, once I got my glasses and my vision was corrected, I, st I would not edit with them because whatever I was doing was working. Okay, so you go to YouTube University, so to speak, and you start to understand a little bit more about photos. And then, and then now, eight years later, you have this business. And I mean, I've seen your photos on your website. They're absolutely beautiful. And what's wonderful is how many different ways people can use these photos. Mm -hmm. So you could touch kind of almost every business out there that's available. So what got you from YouTube University to your, your successful business now. <laughs> Do you have a minute? <laughs> I have, um, mm, let's see, we have about 30 more minutes. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm going to need about 32. So <laughs> I um, might be nice and let you have that. Too. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. see. Um, <laughs> just start playing around with it. Like I said, YouTube university and someone saw my work and recommended me to shoot for a museum, the mighty eighth air force museum in Pooler, Georgia. I was still in law enforcement, only been a photographer for two years, and I did that project. It was a calendar and some other, you know, materials for the museum. And um, I thought I was the cat's meow. I was like, oh, my God, I'm awesome. These people are paying me all this money. They're paying me trips back and forth to Savannah. I'm like, this is great. You know, Atlanta Art Museum, I'm like one of the guests of honor for the thing. And, and I was still in law enforcement at the time. So um, I decided to resign from law enforcement to pursue it full time. But it wasn't the smartest move because I didn't have a website. I didn't have a presence. I didn't know how to market myself. 
Um, I knew nothing about business. So $40,000 of savings burned up. It was down to my last month and a half of living expenses. I was laying in the fetal position on the couch and I sat up one day and said, headshots. And um, so that weekend I went out, found 12 different people, said, hey, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go. I'm just so fascinated. Please. <laughs> so I found 12 people. I said, you need a headshot. And they were like, no, I can't afford it. I don't want it. I said, no, I'm going to do your headshot for free. So I did 12 headshots, put them on my website. I guess Google gave me this artificially inflated SEO over the weekend. And at that time, a VP at Cox Enterprises was looking for headshots. And um, they booked me for two. I shot that two the following weekend. And then they said, hey, we like these. Can you shoot our whole office? And um, so that was a good payday, especially when, you know, about to be homeless. And um, back then it was hit and miss. Every once in a while, I get. I was just get enough to eat ramen and keep the lights on and keep the car fueled and, but nothing big. And, um, so, you know, COVID hit eventually and, you know, things went south and, but I managed to work during COVID. Uh, it's kind of like a drug deal. People would call me up and say, do you do headshots? And then I was six feet away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'd literally, you know, back alley of the studio, have a man, you know, cause you know, people were, if you worked, you know, people got upset with you. And if you didn't work, people got upset with you. So it was, it was an odd time. Um, so I didn't really hit any success till 2021. So I was six years in the business, um, driving around in a car with a busted, uh, transmission, Every intersection I got to, I was wondering, is this going to be the most embarrassing moment ever when it dies? But had a job in Buckhead, had no gas, just enough gas to get there, hoping they paid me that night so I'd have the gas to get home. Um, had a blowout on the way, 75, just north of 285. Oh. By the time I got there and completed the job, they paid me for the whole job. I netted a hundred dollars. Basically by the time I got my checking account back into the positive and got new tires and, and got gas in the car. So, and then six months later I was boarding an airplane going to Dallas, Texas for considerable amount of money per day for a tech firm. Wow. Wow. Talk about ah, fearlessness. Think about this though. You believed in yourself enough to leave law enforcement and to really put yourself, even if you weren't prepared and you wish you had known something different in the beginning, you know, you still put yourself out there with a belief in yourself, but that's pretty remarkable. I think it was pride. I didn't want to go back to law enforcement and have everyone tell me, we told you. <laughs> that can be very motivating, can't mm -hmm. it? Exactly. There's like positive pride that we all have, right? Like self-esteem. And then there's pride that can, you know, keep you from doing things because you just don't want to fail. But it sounds like you struck a nice little balance right there. I did. I did. So um, pretty happy with it. Uh, things have been going quite well. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. So when you say that you, you asked people to do headshots and you randomly found some people, mm -hmm. How did you know how to kind of make a web, uh, a, a headshot that was specific enough or good enough to be marketable? Well, <sighs> because I'm thinking a headshot, like iPhone headshot. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like just quick, you know, what, what is it that I don't know about head? Do you want to share? Cause those are probably no, trade secrets. No, there's nothing secretive about it. Okay. Head, when I see a person, when I see anyone, I put them in front of my lens. I want to create their hero. So I always see somebody and I'm like, I hate my photo taken. I mean, I just don't like having my picture taken. So when I look at someone, I, I want to make them proud 
of who they are and make them see the hero that I see in them. The thing with, and the thing about a headshot, it needs to stand out. So yeah, you can pull out an iPhone. You can, anybody can take a headshot, but to make it unique and eye catching because the human eye of what the first impression is like nanoseconds. So you want to have someone stop just long enough to read your resume or to read your bio. You know, if your headshot looks like everyone else, then you're lost in the mix. Do you think most people are using their iPhones to do headshots now? Have you seen? Yeah, a lot of people are using their um, iPhones. And I think if it's done well, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I have clients reach out to me and say they need a headshot. And I'll go to their LinkedIn or go to their Facebook and see their current headshot. And sometimes I'll say, um, I like your headshot. Is there any reason why you want to upgrade it or update it? Mm-hmm. You know, And if it's a, a valid enough answer, I'll say, okay, I'm your guy. But sometimes you feel like they're good enough. Sometimes I feel like they're good enough. I, you know, um, but someone might say that my hair is different. You know, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm 20 pounds lighter. You know, I um, definitely want a yeah, new headshot. I'm five years old. I got, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Do you know a guy? <laughs> I got you. I got you. So how important is lighting? Tell me about lighting. Because I, I think about, and the reason I ask that is because people who are having their phones and they are taking their own headshot may not have the access to studio lighting or know that there's a certain way to set something up to bring out the hero in themselves. Yeah. You know, lighting is very subjective. You know, it, it just is. I mean, what's appealing to someone, maybe not to another. But as far as an iPhone, you can do it with a lamp and a roll of paper towels to diffuse the lamp. You can go to a window. I mean, it's just so much you can do. I mean, I think you can look at a photo and see how it's lit and possibly reverse engineer it if you've got the time. Oh, interesting. I never thought to do that. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is most people don't have time. That's what, that's why I have job security. Because if someone had the time to learn what I do, then they wouldn't need me. Truth. Um, when you talk about um, the fact that anyone could kind of take their own photo, there's obviously something very special about the way that you do. Well, there's things you want to capture and there's just traits you want to capture in a headshot and things I look for is approachability, confidence and professionalism. So you're just trying to get that, you know, and, and there's certain techniques that you can use to pull someone out and be in their natural state and look engaging. So a lot of times people will take a picture and it looks cute. But it's not professional. It's, mm. it's, it's not, you know, your friends might like it. You know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend might look at it and say, oh, my God, that's so you. But they're seeing you sitting across from a kitchen table. They're not seeing the executive you. So I always tell someone, don't let your girlfriend, boyfriend or spouse pick your headshot. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Good advice, because you're right. If you are wanting to appeal to a, a particular audience, mm-hmm. you need to have that audience in your mind as you're deciding, not Correct. not your grandma or your mom who thinks Correct. you're wonderful. No matter what. <laughs> All right. So during COVID, you clearly were still busy, like you said, under the table. But how... How important was that time, given that people were working from home? Everything kind of changed in the business world. I think it was important because everyone needed a face. You know, people weren't meeting face-to-face. People needed representation online, virtually, for someone to see them outside of rollers and a house coat and, you know, a T-shirt and tank top. So I think it was very important for people to have an image that kind of let people or wanted people to get to know you. So how do you, if you, not me though, don't use me. Okay. okay, Cause that'll make me feel uncomfortable. Okay. So anybody, so when you're looking at someone and how do you decide what 
they are in terms of your mind, like what their hero image is? Well, just like I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm studying you the whole time. So I'm seeing, no, no. So I'm seeing your, I'm seeing your natural resting and seeing when like you're engaged in conversation. So when you're talking to me, you're projecting forward. Okay. You're not leaned back away from me. You're engaging me. Okay. But for some reason, when that magnesium, I lift that magnesium up in your face, you back away from the camera. People tend to back away instead of engage as if it's someone. Why? Because they're uncomfortable getting their picture taken. And they're looking at the camera as just this weird experience. Photography, when they need to look at the camera as if they're engaging someone. If that camera is someone themselves. So is it shame? Why no, don't we, I don't why don't we like that? I don't think it's shame. We all have something about ourselves we don't like. So when we pull away from the camera, we think we're hiding it, but we're actually accentuating it. So when you lean forward toward me and everything like that, I see all this confidence. And, and that's what we're trying to bring across in the picture. But if you lean back, no matter how good you look or how good you think the picture looks, just your body language is going to say you're disconnected from your audience. <laughs> I have to think about that. How much do you tell people they need to really engage? Like, Is it is it almost everyone is like, oh, gosh, I'm getting my photo taken? Yes, almost everyone. Um, and... During my sessions, it's pretty much like what I'm doing with you, just talking to you, getting to know. We might talk more than we shoot. For the hour session, you and I might spend 30, 40 minutes talking. You know, uh, used to, like when I first started out, I'd take like three or 400 images of you, and we'd hope for the best. And now, <laughs> you know, we shoot about 60 to 70, and we, you know, they're usually all pretty good, but we're just looking for that one. How important is that time getting to know someone? Very important. We have to establish some rapport. I mean, because you have to be uncomfortable in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have to trust me. So I do a tactic or I do a process that a lot of photographers I've talked to kind of question why I do it. But I will actually take a photo of you and then I will sit down and I will analyze the photo with you. And then I will actually edit that photo in front of you. So a lot of times people don't like the photo because not that it's not a good photo, but they don't like how their eyes look or they there's this, they've got acne or they maybe have a double chin that they're not happy with. When I show I can like manage that for them, the shoot goes well. So you take a photo and then you show them what you can do so that they mm-hmm. feel like no matter what, the, their best self will be represented. All I need from them is expression. Okay, what kind of expression? Their true expression, like that what you're giving me right now. What am I giving you right now? <laughs> you're smiling your eyes. I oh. mean, so we want to capture that. We want to catch it, your natural feel. So smile with your eyes kind of thing. Kind That's of something thing. that you can tell if someone isn't, right? Exactly. And a lot of times people come in and they want to show teeth. They don't have to show teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you can see someone's, their personality just with their mouth closed. So you've got all of these neat techniques and things that you've got ready to go for people. And then now as, as your business has grown, and, and I've looked at your pictures, they're absolutely beautiful. You do have really unique lighting, I think. And it doesn't even have to be this big scene outside mm-hmm. where it's, it can be very simple and, but effective. Mm-hmm. Um, did that sort of help develop your style into, as you've learned these techniques, developed your style into what you have now? Yeah. I think my style developed because initially when I started, I, it was all about me. Oh, look at my light. Look at, look how I can do this. Look, how I can shoot. And as time went by, it's more about the individual. So I kind of want people to see the image and just see my subject and not, oh, my God, look at the lighting. 
oh my God, you know, look at, look at this composition. I want them to look at it and say, oh my God, John looks great. You know, Susie looks amazing. Not look at this lighting. That Not look looks at this lighting. Interesting. Do you think any of the things that you learned in the military and in law enforcement has informed you as a photographer? Uh, I, yeah, quite a bit. Um, I deal with a lot of executives, CEOs, tech firms, and things like that. So my military experience and my law enforcement experience brought me into like whether politicians or generals or colonels or whatever. So I learned early on at a young age that everyone puts their pants on just like I do. So when I'm talking to an executive, I'm talking to him as if I was talking to anyone else and um, establish that rapport. Like it's his company. He's the tech guru and everything like that, but it's my set and I'm the <laughs> professional here and it's my job to get the best thing out of him. Dang. So I never thought about that, that you could potentially be intimidated by some very big names in whatever world they're in, mm -hmm. but this they're in your world. Yes. So I bet they can feel that energy shift. Yeah, people can tell. I, I try to tell new photographers or teach sometimes that um, you've got to show a little bit of confidence. And, um, you know, there's certain things I do. Like if you're giving me your all and I mess up, I tell you I mess up. I'll say, hey, you did a great job, but your photographer's screwing up right now. You know, let me adjust this. Um, yeah, and if, you know, if I'm comfortable with everything going on set, then you can sense that. And I always keep a dialogue. You know, if I'm shooting, you know, if you're seeing this look on my face, like I'm like worried something's going wrong and I haven't communicated with you whatsoever, then you start doubting the process. I'd be doubting myself. Oh no, he doesn't like what he sees. I'm trying to imagine what's in my head. True. If I were to see that, That's you know, true. be like, he's not happy. It's me because he's the professional. So yeah, always keep the communication going, talking and everything like that. You know, I'll tell people, I'll sit there and I'll go, okay, I need to get this shot. Okay, roll your shoulders back. Put your hands out by your side. Put your face forward like a turtle. Dip your forehead just a little bit. Yeah, and tighten those eyes just a little bit. I like that. All right, now stand on one foot. And, you know, it usually gets people laughing and then... <laughs> then you, you know, get a good shot. You get a good shot. Um, I had another question for you. I saw that, well, obviously, because this is my show. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> I get distracted in my brain. All right, so you have um, obviously a huge clientele. You've got actors and models, um, executives, you do lifestyle shoots, but you also did a shoot with the Holly Springs police here in, in Cherokee County. Wow, that was a while back. Yeah. It was a while back. <laughs> oh, the photos are gorgeous, but okay. tell me how that happened. I'm curious how, as obviously you are in the, in uh, the police um, world. So mm. you've been able to relate to probably what they go through. Um, law enforcement and military uh, still dear to my heart. You know, I pray for the guys every day and um, happy that and glad that someone's still willing to do it in this day and age. But I just, um, you know, my thing was I would see these police officers and in in law enforcement and these heroic jobs and, and larger than life jobs. And then I'd see these photos of them that were just so tame. And I just wanted to, like I said earlier, you know, display the heroes that they truly are. When you say tame, do you mean like as if it's a high school yearbook look? Yes, or just a snapshot of them leaned against a car. <laughs> so. Cheesy? Somewhat yes, cheesy? Very cheesy. So what was it like to film them in a way that made you feel proud? I guess, um, I don't know. I just wanted to depict them in a very professional and very larger than life you know, setting or theme or vibe like they were some in their car, you mm -hmm. know, as they're out doing things. So it's almost an action shot, I guess. 
so yeah, to speak. I think she was sitting in a, a parking lot and I had lights behind the car and in front of the car. And, oh, wow. No, it looked so, like she was heading someplace yeah, important. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that must have been satisfying for you then. It is. And, you know, it's just one of those things you want to, you know, hopefully, or, or one day I plan on kind of making a switch uh, to do more commercial style you know, style shoots as opposed to headshots, but headshots will always be, be a part of J King images. So you haven't obviously just stuck to headshots and like you've grown some. I haven't just stuck to headshots. I do lifestyle for business executives and everything. Um, um, expanding to Dallas, Texas, uh, last, um, month was the first test run out there. How did it go? It went pretty well. It went pretty well. So we're going to start, uh, or I'm going to start <laughs> setting dates out there too for every couple of months to go out to Dallas, Texas. Wow. So, all right. So I, is there anything that you sort of know now, now that you see in your now expanding and growing, anything you wish you could go back and tell yourself in 2013 or 2012? Um, no, I don't think I'd want to screw with the time continuum. I think um, I'm happy with the path that I've um, that I've taken. I mean, there's a lot of things that would have made it easier, but at the same time, I think um, I don't know. Some things, no matter if you hear it or not, you've got to experience it yourself. Mm-hmm. But that says a lot about you because there are lots of people who say, "Oh, I wish I had known that I should have had a year's worth of savings," you know, in my bank account. And of course that's a positive. Mm-hmm. Everybody, yeah. there's never enough money, there's but never enough money. I will say that the fact that you feel like you learned everything in the right order and that you needed to learn it the way that you did, there's something very peaceful about your journey then, or accepting about your journey where you don't beat yourself up so much about the things that you wish you had done differently. I, mean, I think it would have changed the trajectory of the way things are. I mean, if I had enough money, maybe I wouldn't have pushed myself as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wasn't starving or wondering where my next meal was coming from, I might've taken it easy. I might not have taken the chance or the opportunity to, to do another job or to you know, take on a job that I didn't want to take on, but actually it led somewhere. Wow. But that's, I love that you're reframing your experience as not just being, um, I had this dream. I decided to go pursue it. You actually can see how the different things that you went through propelled you forward. I think I'm in a similar situation where, I have more voiceover work to pursue, but I haven't, but I, but I actually really need to be doing that as opposed to things that I find joyful, you know, Mm -hmm. or just fun. Um, And that, I don't think I would have the same drive to continue to pursue and work really hard if I didn't have a real need to do it. You know, it's, it's fascinating to me because it does reframe it and I get, and I'm lucky because I get to do it. It's not like I need to do it. It's like, oh, I have to, it's Mm -hmm. like, I get to which I really like. It makes it a positive. I mean, if you told me I was be a photographer you know, 20 odd years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. I mean, I would have said, you're high. There's no way. <laughs> if you'd said I'd actually be making a living at photography, you know, when I originally got out, I said, well, I can make half the money I made in law enforcement and just be happy doing something I love. But now that I'm actually traveling for a change and you know, my camera is like a passport into people's lives. I never would have got to meet half the people I've met if I hadn't had a camera. I mean, if, you know, if, I mean, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have a camera. I wouldn't, you know, have met Dan right. if I didn't have a camera. Our you mutual know, friends. Or, or, yeah, I wouldn't have met any of those folks. I wouldn't be in Woodstock. Where would you be, do you think? <laughs> Probably still in law enforcement. You think so? Probably still in law enforcement. 
And now you get to use a different part of your brain. Creative side is so fun. You know what I mean? There's something so cool about creating something that didn't exist like five minutes ago. It's true. And for me, I think I put away the creative side of me when I joined the military because I, I had to do what I had to do. And I kept it locked away until I bought that camera, you know, many, many years later. Do you think that there's been a project you've worked on that has just been the most satisfying and fun? Like, is there something that stands out to you where you're like, this is why I do what I do? I know this moment. Okay. Not just this moment. Okay. Any other moment besides this one? Okay. Um, Projects? No. Um, I haven't found that project yet. I've got a couple in the works that I'm in discussions with my girlfriend and we're looking at some projects, but I think the biggest joy I get out of photography now is like, I will put my camera and gear in my car and just go hunt for people. And as soon as I see someone who's interesting, I'll pull over and ask if I can photograph them. And to me, that is so fulfilling because I get to, you know, holding that camera, people share a lot of information. Has anyone ever said no? I've had people say no and I walk away. I've also had people say no and then someone beside them say yes. And then the other person walk up to see the back of the camera and then they go, oh, I, I think I, I can do this now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, but usually you kind of observe people, see how they act, everything, start a conversation with them. And I used to just ask, hey, can I take your photo? Uh, now I actually start up a conversation with them. Like there was a gentleman in my hometown, start talking about talking to an older gentleman, um, said, did you serve? He said, no, but. In 1966, he was at Fort Polk going through, you know, in processing, and he had a waiver. He got deferred because he was in college and didn't have to go to Vietnam. So hearing his story, I said, do you mind if I take your portrait? And he agreed, um, and they think I'm going to whip out my phone or something, but when I'm setting up lighting equipment and everything like that, it's just uh, it's a different thing. What is it like to capture one exact moment that could never be captured again, ever? hundred percent the same way. It's amazing. Sometimes I'll just look at it, you know, and, and the eyes, I always look at the eyes and it's just, and you know, even though they've shared their story with you, you still want to know more, you know, and sometimes I'll look at photos of people I've in passing that I've taken who are much older and I wonder if they're still with us or what they're doing now or if they're okay. And um, yeah. Do you think you're a people person? I'm a people person and my therapist says I'm a people pleaser. pleaser. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm a people person and a people. Well, so am I. <laughs> so I have been working on that and, um, and it is amazing and everything like, when you find value in yourself and stop people pleasing as much. But it's, it's like this balance too, because you want them to be happy with what you're doing, right? And you want well, them to be happy with the product. So you want yeah. to please them. Yeah, but you can't fill their cup if yours is empty. Right. Right. So you take care of yourself first. Yes. That sounds like a very good therapy little quote. Yeah, it is. Uh, I learned quick. You know, I had a friend of mine who's a commercial photographer, and he reached out to me, had a quote for a company. He says, you know, I got to you know write this quote for him, and it's coming up to be about $10,000, and I know that's going to be above their budget. And he said, but I'm just trying to be fair. And I stopped him right there, and I said, how can you be fair to them if you're not fair to yourself? Stops people in their tracks sometimes, right? Mm, yeah. Where would you like to see your business go? If you had like a five-year projection, where would you like to see yourself? Shooting 
shooting less, um, but shooting more powerful projects, more meaningful projects. You know, I would like to travel the U.S. or the country, you know, travel the country or the world, just photographing a subject that, or people, that means the most to me and still be able to keep the lights on. Do you find that as you've gotten to know lots of different people from lots of different walks of life, that there are some common themes amongst people? Like, What have you learned about people or the human experience? Most people feel that they're in this alone and everybody wants to be heard. So I've noticed that when I talk to people, a lot of people are holding a lot of things in and it comes across, you know, like you, you take a photo and I'm, I'm rambling now, but you take a photo of someone and they're withdrawn and then they project something, their real self is, is hidden away in there. So I think that, how do I articulate this? That I think the commonality is everyone is everyone uh, just wants to be a part of a part of the world. Be valued. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I think I love that about this show is it's my very small attempt to give a person a moment to be heard and to be appreciated in a different way. Like I was saying before the show started, my goal for you or anyone on the show is to feel like there's a part of you that got to be expressed that you don't normally get a, t a moment to share because you're busy. You're doing your own work. You're, you have a purpose. But for this moment, to help me and anyone else who's listening to see the reasons behind why you do what you do and, and to be able to connect with you because you're human, I'm human. You know, you're not just business person, but there's a reason you get up every day to do what you do, what your goals are and how it impacts you. There's just something that I think there are common themes between us in this way and that you want someone to be very, very happy with your work and get, you know, feel proud of what's out there. Well, who doesn't want to feel that? Who doesn't know what that's like to do something and you're proud of it? So I'm glad that there's like an opportunity at least to get to know the person behind the camera for a moment. So what she said. <laughs> well, I finally stopped talking. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm like thinking on, on the fly cannot sometimes do so well for me, but sometimes yes. But, um, well, you've, who, who's your ideal client? Like who, you would love to have who in your studio? Wow. That's hard. And I mean, really hard. I mean, a lot of times business, they say, Oh, my ideal client, but usually that's from a financial standpoint. You know, people give the answer, you know, it's like, you know, I want to have a client who makes six figures and is the leader of a Fortune 500 company or seven figures. And I think my ideal client is someone who actually wants to create and actually wants to um, not be the norm, really to break out the break out of their shell because I don't like cookie cutter. So someone who's creative, maybe? Yes. When you say cookie cutter and when you say creative visually, what are you meaning? Well, cookie cutter is, you know, I am not a rule follower when it comes to photography. You know, some people look at my pictures and might say that's underexposed or that might be overexposed. Or I had some photographer out of the blue comment said, hey, you might want to think about using the rule of thirds. And, <laughs> I, and, and I'm, you know, and, you know, it's funny because I think people don't understand the rule of thirds. And because it was centered, he was like, that's not the rule of thirds, but that is a rule of thirds also. It's just a perspective. 
So when it comes to cookie cutter, I think people tend to, as a medium photography, I can't talk about videography or, you know, painting or anything else, but people seem to, there's rules and they stick within these rules. And I think if everyone stayed within those rules, we'd have no uniqueness. It would all be the same. So when I say cookie cutter, is there certain styles of photography out there? I'm not going to say it because there are photographers out there and that's their bread and butter. But, um, I just, when people look at my work, I just want them to see that it's, it's different. So when you're saying rule of thirds and yet you put something right in the middle, right? Still that it, impacts it, differently. It impacts differently. It, it definitely, you know, I, that I wanted to bring more focus to the individual, you know, and less to the environment or to place them in the environment, but have them the central focus of it. You know, um, if I take a picture of someone, I'm not worried about your, your landscape or your yard or your building. In fact, I just want you to be the focused. I don't want anyone to sit there and go, oh my God, look at her, you know, her Prius in the, in the driveway. <laughs> oh my God, I have a Prius in the driveway. That's funny. Yeah, I got you. So the, the, the goal being that person is what you want. You don't mm-hmm. want anything else. So the way you frame it um, can impact whether or not that's seen in the background. Yes. You know, I do the rule of thirds because I have a grid, you know, on my <laughs> phone. But there's nothing that says you have to stick with it. Right. But when I went to Kennesaw State University and I did take a, a visual communication class, which was fascinating, mm-hmm. um, they did talk about rule of thirds and why that is more impactful or why it makes someone feel the way they feel, where mm-hmm. your eye naturally wants to go. So I never really thought about it in terms of, well, what if I want a different impact? Yeah, that's where light comes in. Mm-hmm. Well, how about that? Yeah, because if you're lit and you stand out, who cares? Who cares? Uh, how could people get in touch with you, Jerry, if they're interested in finding out more about you or would like to book a session with you? Yeah. What's the best way? Uh, 1-900. No, just kidding. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different show all, all together. No. <laughs> um, uh, my website, jkingimages.com. Uh, you can book directly for a headshot if you need something else commercially done or a larger project. Just uh, contact, uh, hit the email, and my studio manager will pick up, and she'll get she'll connect you to me. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for being brave because I kind of last minute was like, hey, I had cancellation. You want to come on the show tomorrow? And you said yes. And and it was not. Yes, yes, you did. You enthusiastically (laughs) said yes. No, actually, I knew that this was a leap of faith or whatever for you. But I want to thank you for being brave because some of the best things that have ever happened to me have been when I've just said yes, even though I've been afraid. So Thank you for using your own fearless formula to get here today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And again, this is Sharon Klein um, for our Fearless Formula Friday, reminding you that uh, with knowledge and understanding, we can all have our own fearless formula. Have a great day.